0: You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network.
1: Hi, this is Roy Thomas, and you're listening to the Epic Marvel Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Epic Marvel Podcast. This is The Incredible Hulk, Episode 5, covering a period of The Incredible Hulk from 1971 to 1972. I am your host, Curtis Findlay. And this is Curtis's co-host for this episode, Alex Lear. So Alex, uh, tell us, what issues are we talking about today?
0: Uh, So we're covering Hulks 138 through 145, along with Avengers 88, which ties into Hulk 140.
1: Right, and so we've done four of these episodes already that uh, covered the Hulk from the very, very first appearance of the Hulk way back in, what year was that? 1963? 62. Yeah. 62, yeah. And now yeah. we are here almost a decade later of The Incredible Hulk um, 138, uh, yeah, 138 issues later. <laughs> Not actually 138 <laughs> because right. there's that weird time when he didn't have a title and then he took over Tales to Astonish and that kind of thing. But right. um, <laughs> this is an interesting time for the Hulk. Uh, yeah. it, it, this, this volume in particular introduces a world and a particular character that is actually very important for the Hulk through the 70s. And
0: what's interesting about this period too is that it sets up... Uh, two love triangles which will which we'll get into but yeah bruce and betty and Jarella, and bruce and betty and glenn talbot so it's a kind of interesting just how it for me it's like i feel like this volume it, it starts to become a little bit less about the villain of the month for the hulk and more almost about the ramifications of bruce banner's life of being the hulk yes. and how this impacts the relationships around him so for me this is where hulk it's particularly interesting
1: there's also another romance that uh, you didn't mention. It's Betty and Talbot and Doc Sampson.
0: Ah, uh, yes, that's yes, that's an excellent point too. Yeah, so a lot of tr- a lot of these a lot of things going on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I think I think it's safe to say that the '70s kind of defined the Hulk, and it's not just because of these yes. comics here, but of of the TV show, which I don't think is is uh, airing concurrently with these issues yet. Correct. Seventy-seven. But I think that these issues, they feel a lot like the TV show. And so um, just in the way that Banner is portrayed and, um, yeah, like you said, it's more about the ramifications of being the Hulk than the Monster of the Week, which is kind of what the show is is about as well. Uh, And so I think it's safe to say that these issues – are kind of the reason why the show exists, in a way, in a sense. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think you're right. These sort of these sort of launch the show. I, I think you're right. Yeah, for sure.
1: Can you give us a little recap of where the Hulk is? Are there any plot lines or anything that we need to be aware of for someone who hasn't read any Hulk before that and is just jumping into this book? What do we need to know?
0: I believe we left off with um yeah Hulk had been out in space uh he was um, battling the Abomination and is that right I think that's right yeah yep. and Zeron the Star Slayer and Klatu Klatu I think yeah so he was having a space adventure anyway and I believe at the end of that he basically like falls through <laughs> probably I can't remember if the ship blew up but something bad happened and I think Hulk just flew he was like falling to Earth I think Abomination was falling to Earth as well and so we start on page one of Hulk 138 of Hulk coming out of the water, having just, well, it says right here, he was a falling star a moment ago. So, um, <laughs> so you know, basically we, a lot of these adventures open with Hulk reacting to whatever happened before, like, you know, he got thrown into something and now he's emerging, still alive, obviously.
1: That's just an interesting point, actually, because I really did feel reading these issues like it is a serial, yeah. s- uh, like like the old Tales to Astonish days, Uh, Because that one, when the Hulk was in Tales to Astonish, that one was serialized uh, in a very different way than any of the other Marvel comics were at the time. It was very much a continuous chapter after chapter rather than self-contained stories. And like you said Mm -hmm. here, because the splash page is often reacting to the last panel of the previous issue, you really, really do get that feeling. Um, again now, and I, I think that's kind of one of the hallmarks of, of the Hulk comics in these early years.
0: Yeah, and you know, what's great about the Epic series as well is that, you know, I love the fact that it's, I mean, this is Volume 5, covering 1971 to 72, you really feel like it's almost like the fifth act in this many, many, many act play that is <laughs> yeah. the life of the Hulk, that's right. and it really is like this ongoing story, and um, so that's why I love that all these early issues are being collected, I think, through number 200 now in Epic format, so it's just, we got a lot of stuff, to a lot of great stories ahead. For
1: sure. And I also love just that we're at the point with the epic collections now where I, if there's a little reference that I don't get or whatever, I can just walk over to my shelf and pull that volume out. Yeah. If you, if you're collecting all the volumes, yeah. like I am. So it's like absolutely in this, yeah. I think it's in the first issue here, we get a reporter, or no, it's the second issue, we mm-hmm. get a reporter and it says, do you remember this guy from some random issue of Doctor Strange? And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> Let me go get that book. And I pull it off my shelf. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's the guy. He looks completely yeah. different and doesn't do anything in that issue. But for some reason, <laughs> they wanted to send us a little note letting us yeah. know that it's the same guy. But yeah, it's just yeah. Uh, it, I love the, these epic collections and having that library at my fingertips. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing.
1: Um, okay, so the other thing I want to mention just before we jump into the issues is that all of the art in this book, except for the Avengers issue, of course, uh, is by Herb Trimpe, And he mm-hmm. had a long run on the Hulk that started uh, I think two volumes ago, in volume three?
0: Yes, I think it was around 106 was his first regular issue, I want to say. And then 193 was his final one. So, so
1: he's got a pretty, long yeah, run. Pretty healthy run. Now, yeah. it's interesting to look at this because Sam Granger does the first few issues and then the majority of this book is inked by John Severin. And John yeah. Severin is a fantastic inker. He's a fantastic artist. Um, yeah. But he's got a very unique style of inking. And he's one of yeah. these inkers who is very prominent in his style. So yeah. to to the point where it's kind of like a Tom Palmer where it's like the artist mm. almost is completely transformed when you have a when you have John Severin inking. And so Absolutely. Herb Trimpy yeah. looks his artwork looks very, very different under yeah. uh, Severance inks than it does under Sam Granger's inks. Oh,
0: absolutely. There's a much more of a realistic feel to mm-hmm. Severance inks, and uh, and more of a comic booky feel. I'd say, you know, duh, comic books, but it's like, <laughs> you know, more of like uh, kind of that. You know, almost like more of a cartoony. That's the term I'm getting at. Yeah, you know, cartoony look. I think a little bit with Granger. Yeah, the way the faces are. Whereas if something with Severn. Yeah, he just really, really hones that artwork, takes it in, to a whole new level. And just like he did with Dick Ayers and uh, uh, Sergeant Fury. Yeah, and just an awesome inker. Yeah,
1: I think the main thing is that um, Granger kind of follows the like the Joe Sinnott style of inking, where it's a lot of blacks, mm. a lot of thick lines. Uh, whereas sure. John Severin will, will really dwell on the little details like folds of clothes and using crosshatching yeah. to portray his, uh, his, his depth of field or whatever, that kind of thing. And if you just yeah. take this one volume and flip through the art, there's a progression of it as well as you get into the later issues where it just becomes more and more detailed as we go. And so when we get to the, the second to last yeah. issue uh, in this book, because he doesn't ink the last issue in this book, but the second to last one, um, there's a. It's just so different, and it doesn't, like honestly, doesn't even look like Herb Trimpy anymore.
0: And it's really, you know, Sermon does a great job with faces too. I'm mean, mm-hmm. it's like emotions, and uh, just adding to that sort of that, almost like that realism in, in a way. But um, but yeah, you're right. It does. It's quite an evolution. It's almost. I don't know if it's almost like I don't know if Trimpey got better because he was inspired by the final result or what. But it just seems like there's a little more. The art just gets better and. You got to have that starting point get better as well, you know, with Trimpy. So he must have, I think he must, may have stepped it up a little
1: bit, perhaps. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um, or at the beginning, they didn't have the same sort of relationship in, working together. Like Severin didn't know how to, you know, how how Trimpy would respond to certain styles or certain things he would do with the inks. And then as they just went on, they got more and more comfortable. And Severin's yeah. allowed to, or feels more comfortable to project himself more on the artwork. Sure. Um, I, that's a possibility too.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah.
1: Okay, so let's go on to our issues here. We're going to start with Incredible Hulk number uh, 138 from yeah. April of 1971. This one's called Sincerely the Sandman and uh, in this issue the hulk having now crash landed on earth doesn't know what to do uh, the main story here is that the sandman ha- is seeking out a doctor whom he believes can cure him from this crystal state that his body is transforming into and it nice. uses uh it's going to use a blood transfusion and so they use betty who's in the hospital and that accidentally turns her into crystal and I, this is yeah. a story that's going to play out through the next several issues as Betty, you know, remains Crystal and Thunderbolt Ross is kind of furious that this is happening and stuff. The issue actually doesn't even really have that much to do with the Hulk, except for the fact that, of course, Hulk shows up randomly to, you to fight the Sandman through some of this issue here,
0: and this does set sort of things up. I think this sort, this issue starts kind of a chain reaction, like you mentioned. Betty turning to glass it brings about the need for Doc Samson to come in later to to help cure her, which brings him in as a love interest. And you know, and so there's that angle that, that begins with this issue basically. But I think this, you know, what's interesting too is that this I think this issue kind of starts. Um, the rift that that forms between Betty and Bruce, we see on page um, six of the story, page ten of this of this volume, uh, where Betty's having this this nightmare about the Hulk and how he's killing. He kills Talbot. He kills her father, General Ross. And he's pounding like Bruce down. It's like, and she has this uh, this nightmare about the Hulk and and. And then they have this really nice moment together on page 12 of the book. It's sort of like, in a way, it's it's kind of like a you knowing the future of this. It's sort of like almost like a, a final moment before things start getting. They obviously already have a pretty crazy life, but things get even crazier. So, um, <laughs> you know, so it's yep. just uh, the tragedy that comes into Betty's life in this issue. And I love the part. Just sorry, I'll, I'll stop rambling. But I just love how like Bruce is there. He takes his tranquilizer. Well, I guess he doesn't actually. Does he not take it? Let me see. Yeah, it's just it's it's funny. I'm looking on page um, fifteen where it's like where Bruce is is struggling. He's like he's calling the Sandman a monster, even more so than the Hulk. And he's saying like I never wanted to turn into that, but now I do want to do this. I do want to tackle Sandman. And that reminds me of one forty one where he will. And we'll get to that obviously. But where Banner's cured. Spoiler alert. But then he wants. He actually turns himself back into the Hulk. So it's just it's kind of funny. He's struggling between this. I don't want to be him, but I do need him as well. Yeah, Yeah,
1: that's gonna be a con constant uh theme i think through this book and just in hulk in general it's like uh, he uh, he's constantly in situations where he actually does need the strength of the hulk and so reluctantly he gives over to that side right yeah great last page here where Mm. um yeah where betty's turned into glass and it's like now all of a sudden there's an instant uh, fear that she'll be shattered and of course when we ha- when right. we're dealing with the hulk who can crush things without knowing <laughs> it like that's right you know obviously they're playing up that tension and that drama here
0: right i mean hulk really is that bull in the china closet Yes. right
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so here's betty is a piece of china now
0: <laughs> can very delicate cannot be broken so yeah right and it's funny hulk ends the comic and back in the water again too
1: yep yep full circle <laughs> <laughs> this issue also starts with a poem from Yeats, yes. and this is kind of an interesting thing because throughout this volume, there's actually a lot of poetry that is mm. used by the narrator, and yeah. you're, we're contrasting the, the, the beauty of po- poetry with mm. the sheer anger of the Hulk. And right. like, not particularly in this scene because he's calm in this scene, but just in general hmm. to get that contrast between you know the fine arts and the, the the monster, the 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 destruction that comes with the Hulk. It's an interesting uh, dichotomy that they kind of persist through these entire issues, and and that's through different yep. writers as well because this book has like four four or five different writers that take up the the, the title, yeah. t- so. They all seem to clue in on that.
0: Yeah, that was definitely a Roy Thomas factor, though yep. bringing the poetry in. I mean, like that final page. Of, I think it's Avengers fifty-eight or fifty-seven, where the where the kid picks up um Ultron's head. Yes. And there's this is great. I think it's Ozymandias, Ozymandias or something. Yeah, that's great. It, right. Yeah. And I remember Hulk one twenty-five had something similar too. There was something about um music. It was a music um uh, soothes the savage breast or something like that. Right. Or, and it's uh that was in the beginning of one twenty-five where he emerges from. A another adventure so um it's just funny how yeah that is definitely an element yeah very cool element yeah so in fact the hulk the hulk tv show and with a pilot in 1977 um starts off saying with right at the beginning saying within each of us there dwells a mighty raging fury so a little bit of a little bit of that element Mm, nice open that's right
1: yeah so yeah well, let's but, move on yeah, to issue number one thirty-nine. Why don't you take us yeah. through this one?
0: This one is called "Many Foes Has the Hulk," and that's actually a quotation from the leader directly, who is back in this issue. And um, yeah, interesting tale. You've got um, Talbot here is uh, pretty upset about Betty, I would imagine, although I don't see him actually <laughs> saying that in this case.
1: I think it's implied yeah. at the in the last panel of page twenty-eight here on page four of the issue, where he. His smoke kind of turns into the, the apparition yes, of exactly. Benia Glass.
0: Exactly. Good point. Yeah. And the leader comes along. It's almost like it's almost like Satan coming along and saying, "Look, I can give you what you need, I can <laughs> give what you want." Yeah. And, and and Tablet gives in, and he's like, "You found your man, leader." And and you know. And, and so what's interesting, what you mentioned, Curtis, earlier about the kind of the, uh, the the sort of the the savagery of the Hulk, but there's also the kind of the poetry. We see this beautiful scene on page twenty-nine where the where this the Hulk's sitting there, and this deer comes out, and, and Hulk is able to to reach out and, and pat the deer for a moment just this this gentleness that, that the hulk exhibits and and the sad thing is saying he's still all all alone and so that was a nice little vignette um within the story but uh but yeah it's interesting you know basically i feel like this is we've we've seen a story before where the leader comes along i think it happened like at 115 to 117 Leader comes along, and says I can take care of your problem for you, and Talbot and Ross are like, all right, you know, and uh, <laughs> but they're like having this argument, like, are you out of your mind? And then they call Nixon. Nixon makes an appearance here.
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah, uh, Nixon actually shows up a lot in this volume for some reason. <laughs> <It's> so strange. <laughs>
0: In a way, it's it's another one of those Hulk battles, a bunch of villains issues, you know, all these there are all these mirages, I suppose. And then Hulk finally like tracks it down. Oh, yes. OK, so we got Jim Wilson, who's here. Seventies answer to Rick Jones. And he is able to mess up the equipment there so that Hulk is so that the mirages go away. And then Hulk's able to track down the leader. Oh, well, that's no, No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's that's OK. That's a mirage of the Hulk that attacks the leader. Seemingly, right, and and then at the very end we see the real Hulk battling the Abomination, and then then, poof, once the leader's taken care of, all the mirages go go away.
1: Yeah, Um, so I liked this issue just because um, I, you know, when you think back, like who is Hulk's rogues gallery? Yeah, like obviously there's the leader, there's Abomination, and like mm, at this point especially he doesn't really have a rogues gallery, but then you look at this. And you realize that he's got so many just kind of one-off characters that he just fights the Glob and the Nightcrawler and what's the guy that's on the on the shield? Uh, Zeron the Star Slayer. That's right. Oh and yes. So. Right. And then the rest of his villains are made up of like uh, other characters, like the Mandarin and the Rhino. Yeah. Iron Man is here. Namor. Yeah. So like, yeah. Oh, Absorbing Man shows up. I remember, yeah, he fought Absorbing Man kind of back in the Tales to Astonish yeah. Days. Yeah. 125
0: was when he met him. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. So we don't really have a great rogues gallery for the Hulk. <laughs> so there's just, kind yeah. of, it's just kind of weird. And that's not going to change in this volume. We don't really get a whole lot of, notable villains showing up. In fact, there's a lot of guest stars. We're going to get a lot of guest stars yes. in this book here as we go through the yeah. issues.
0: I like how the story ends on an ominous note as Hulk thums off. And so, you know, it says in the most isolated part of the nearby hospital, a girl of fragile glass shimmers, but not enough to shatter. No, not this time. Not so. this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Love it. So you want to, are we covering Avengers 88 in this? As yeah, part of the whole... I think we should, yeah.
1: because it's yeah. very important to this story Because, yeah, it sets up, actually, this issue of Avengers sets up kind of the rest of this volume. In Avengers number 88, the Hulk has been captured by the Avengers. We don't exactly know how he got to this point, but he's in their custody. And Reed Richards is there, as well as Professor X. They're trying to do some... Uh, experiments a majority right. of this issue is a flashback where the avengers are on some sort of a mission and it doesn't really relate to the hulk story at all except right. for the fact that hulk has been s- stolen away from the avengers mansion to this unknown yes. area by this villain called Cyclops. it's not yes. cyclops Plural, it's just one. It's Cyclop. Yeah. and um, he's. It looks like this. This kind of a bug creature is one massive bug <laughs> eye. Uh, kind of a cool design, um, but we don't really. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a weird issue because we don't really know what what his purpose is, why he's yeah. going to do what he's going to do. But he is going to shrink things. He's yes. going to shrink like yes. everybody. I think is what he wants to do, but he's testing mm. it out on the Hulk. And yeah. then the Avengers bust in because randomly they fall into a hole where that leads them to Cyclops' base. They're not even looking <laughs> for this guy, but they just happen to. Right. And that's really it. I, yeah, there's not a whole lot going for this issue in terms of Hulk stuff because he just kind of lies on a table the whole time. <laughs>
0: Right no you're right you're right. One one thing that's kind of interesting about this comic is that um Salby Summit is the art so it's a little bit of foreshadowing for a few years from now when Sal would become the the regular that's artist. Right. Yeah. yeah. And of course it opens with a poem.
1: Go oh ahead. it does open with a poem. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. H.P.
0: The... Lovecraft. Oh just okay. just one just a little one little blurb there at the beginning. Right, right. <laughs> so just getting back to what you were mentioning about uh, the the poetry thrown in there so. Yeah.
1: So this story and the next Hulk issue are yeah. by Harlan Ellison. Uh, who did a little bit of work for Marvel around this time um yeah. not a whole lot but he was on kind of several titles i guess
0: yes i think so i think so I, you know and of course he one of the things i like him the most for was writing the city on the edge of forever for uh, the original star trek series right um, yeah of course that's 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 a different thing but um yeah i can't remember what the other i know yeah you're right there were a few other things he did around this time but yeah this was i think this two-parter here between avengers 88 and hulk 140 were certainly one of the more landmark things maybe that, that ellison did for marvel
1: it's interesting because he only it, it only credits him as the story. He yeah. doesn't do any of the dialogue. Roy Thomas does the dialogue. Right. In fact, yeah. it's even credited just saying it's an ad- adaptation by Roy Thomas. Mm, so that's... did Harlan Ellison just kind of come up with the plot, submit the plot, and then Roy yeah. said, yeah, yeah, that'll make a good story. I'm going to adapt that for Avengers or something like that. Like, yeah. You
0: know, I feel like I read this somewhere. Yeah, I think there was a story that Harlan Ellison had. And it was, I think it was almost one of those things where maybe he and Roy were talking and Roy said, we'd love to have you write for us. I'd have to look it up. But it seems familiar where Roy was, would love to have something. And, and Harlan said, I've got this story. And I think Roy was able to just kind of take that story loosely. And, and yes, as you said, kind of adapt it into the framework of this Avengers Hulk two-parter. I don't, I don't remember it being something where Harlan was, was actually writing like an Avengers Hulk story or, or something. But but I, I'd have to go back, you know, because I'm, I'm just kind of speaking with uh, vague memories right now. So right, that's not yeah. the safest way probably to. <laughs>
1: I'll have to fact check <laughs> Should have been more prepared. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. okay.
0: Well, why don't we keep on going yes. over to
1: Incredible Hulk number 140. Yeah.
0: So what's cool, the title of this spreads over three pages, The Brute. That shouted love at the heart of the atom and you've got a lot of kind of like this this recap of what happened in avengers 88 a lot of panels here where herb tells us he puts a lot in and of course you've got the avengers battling cyclop but then i love this this progression where hulk is getting smaller but then relatively speaking suddenly he's larger than this he's you know he's going down to the subatomic level he goes from being the tiniest thing to the biggest thing back to the, you know depending on what world he was encountering as he got smaller so we see all that happen in the first three pages, leading up to the the story, kind of going back to a regular pace. With the fourth page of the story, where Hulk is in Jarella's world, and and certainly, yeah, this becomes one of the biggest, maybe the most important, one of the yeah certainly one of the most important Hulk stories of the seventies, starting with this issue and really running up until about two o five, even further. I mean, Jarella in in her world, yeah, certainly is one of those those key things. Even today, I mean, even so many years later, it's still kind of like the death of Gwen Stacy, just one of those key plot elements along the story of Hulk's life.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it even kind of uh, sets the stage for just generally speaking, uh, the whole quantum realm that we know in the the Ant-Man movies and such. Like this, this is kind of starting that the concept of shrinking down so small that you find a a micro world and then you can shrink down smaller than that and find a whole nother micro world under that and then shrink down Mm -hmm. even smaller. Like he keeps shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and he encounters so many worlds that are various different sizes. It's just quite a quite a great science fiction concept.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. When you blow your nose, you could have like a whole universe that you just blew (laughs) out of your nose. You know, it's just it's amazing to think about. (laughs) It is. It really is. (laughs) So, uh, I think warthogs, is that what these things are called? I'm trying to remember. Um what these with these dog like <laughs> these beast like creatures are. Snarling of a dog or grunting of a pig, Hulk calls it. Yeah, he, he fights them. One other just great fight. I, I love this this panel here, like like where it says on page seventy one here that to the wolf things you are a monster, you are a devil, you are a pain
1: god. <laughs> <laughs> pain god. <laughs> Yeah. It's only in the 70s. <laughs> I love it, yeah. And I, he, I, yeah, it's just great. And he ties the tails of these guys together and just yeah, swings right. them around, hitting these yeah. ones. Yeah, it's a great fight. It's a little great fight that's just like two pages long. Yeah. But but important because that shows the people who are right. watching that this is their new savior. This is their new warrior yes. that will, that will f- liberate them from the tyranny of their oppressors that's right yeah very yeah. very good
0: and it's nice to see on page 72 where yeah the, the people are going me, me. You know, i guess that's their way of saying yay or well no no like well first hulk thinks they're they're going to attack him because that's what he's used to but i love that panel there where you see him actually smile it, it um and this this funny this fourth panel here where it says they are merely cheering almost reminds me a little bit of john severin inks there obviously uh, yeah, it's not right. but uh, it's it's just nice to see a happy hulk and yeah Jarella comes along and there's just something very very nice that uh, You know, it's just nice that Hulk has finally found his people, and or you know, seemingly you know, green people who accept him. Even the color aside, it's just a people who accepts him as their savior, not as a monster, but as a hero. And it's a very cool little story.
1: The other thing to to note is that when he shrinks, apparently the amount of gamma radiation in his body. Um, Like the proportions are are a little off, like it doesn't have the same effect on his body. So now he has the mind of Banner, but the strength Mm -hmm. of Hulk, while he is tiny, tiny in this small little world. And so that really sets the tone as well, because he can more adequately form a a relationship with Jarella. Who, Urella, yes. who is the ruler of this world this tiny little world
0: right right yeah, exactly and of course you got it um vices yes vices is of course the bad guy waiting in the wings wanting to take throne and there's always one he's the one who there's always one there's yeah. always someone who has to mess it all up yeah so <laughs> but yeah it's kind of cool that you know any anytime we see Hulk with banner's mind there it's, it's it's kind of a neat thing and it's not the first time we've seen it but it's certainly not the last
1: I was surprised that this no, issue is only one issue The the story, it it begins and it ends here, basically. And I mean, this is typical of 1970s, wrapping up kind of your plot in one issue. But like, to a lot of time passes. This is a very compressed story uh, where we encounter this world. He lives here. He forms a relationship. He's calling it home. And then he's pulled right out of it, literally pulled out of it by Cyclops, who has shrunk down to try and find Banner and then makes him big again and he has to right. leave the love of his life jarella. Yeah,
0: this really changes history, hulk history really. This this one story. It kind of reminds me of uh Planet Hulk, you know, decades later where it's like of course they spent, you know, a whole year or so telling that story, but it's another, you know, another situation where the Hulk is somewhere else and he goes through these sort of life changes and and it's just this you know, things will never be the same once he's taken out of this world and he goes back to um and he you know he's got jarella on his mind.
1: Yeah, Planet Hulk is essentially this story, but it expanded. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs>
1: definitely. <laughs> yeah, one thing I
0: was going to say, real sad, you know, one thing that's kind of sad here is um, on page 82, how, you know, it's definitely a, a tragic theme with the Hulk, you know, that he, he gets, it's like Flowers for Algernon where where the guy, you know, he get, he finally, he gets intelligence and then he loses it at the end. And so sort of the Hulk finds happiness only to lose it at the end. And you see this, this four panel progression on page 82 where a band slips away like the savage Hulk returns and of course he's ultimately he's, of course he's super peeved because he realizes what was taken away and so he beats up Cyclops and then of course then the like the dark gods here or whatever like this the dark ones come and grab him and Hulk jumps away but it's just anyway I was just gonna say that just how it's um, the tragedy of the whole thing obviously yeah.
1: and even in the end like he doesn't know it but he's destroying mm. all of the machines in Cyclops yes uh, layer here and, but and yeah. that's how he could return to Jarella. Right. but he has no idea. Yeah. Uh, at the very end, in the very last uh, panel, it says here, in the last, or the last few panels, mm-hmm. I'm going to read the narration. You don't hear it, do you, Hulk, that hideous, hell-torn scream, that's referring to Cyclops, for your fogged mm-hmm. brain is already pursuing a dim memory, a fast, vanishing phantom, a remembrance of a tiny green girl and a brief time of simple joys, monumental pleasures. And so you search... You search for a place you can never find again, yet which is nearer than the earth and sea below, which clings to your tattered garment, a lost cosmos forever locked within a moat of dust. He is carrying Jarella and her world on his pants.
0: Which makes a lot of sense because Hulk never changes his pants. Yeah. So it makes sense why he keeps coming. You know, because you think, how, how random would it be that Jerilla's world, <laughs> the Hulk is able to find that subatomic world all these times? Exactly. It's on his pants.
1: <laughs> just don't do the laundry. Don't change anything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, man. Or don't like bump it so that it falls off. I can't imagine like just the amount of jumping around that he does. But, uh, it's just like earthquakes all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, okay. Yeah. Next, Moving yeah. on to issue number one forty-one. Yeah. His name is Samson. This is the first yeah. appearance of a very notable character for Hulk, who becomes a, off and on again a supporting cast member through Hulk history. Doc Samson. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And we've got John Severin.
1: Yep. This is the first issue with John Severin on inks. And uh, in this issue, we are introduced to a doctor who is going to come up with a plan to cure the Hulk. And he is a psychiatrist, Doc, Dr. Leonard Sampson, a psychiatrist. Yeah. And it's interesting yeah. that he has like a technological, scientific way of curing um, Betty. Actually, it's going to be that he's going to cure Betty. And I f- found this mm. kind of weird. It's like, well, she's made of glass. How is a psychiatrist going to cure someone who's made of glass that's not the right right kind of science Um, yeah
0: that's an excellent point
1: but anyway he does it he has some sort of device because you know he's a scientist and all scientists know every kind of science and uh so he but he needs to draw in the hulk because apparently it's going to be gamma radiation of course that reverts her back And at the same time, it reverts Bruce back. So he's hoping that it's going to cure Bruce. But at at the same time, Doc gets a little too close to the machine and he becomes irradiated with gamma radiation as well. Turns his hair green, gives him some muscles. He is a new hunky man and uh, he's going after the Hulk and he's also going after Betty.
0: I, I think 140 and 141 are just such a turning point for sure because you got Jarella in the last issue and Doc Sampson introduced here, becoming now a love interest for Betty, and and you know I, I it's a. It's funny how Bruce is becoming kind of like a, he's become sort of an outsider in a way. It's like, you know, he was, he didn't really do anything. He didn't save Betty this time. It was Doc Samson who saved him and who's now like the, yeah, the big hunky guy and who's in, who asked Betty out. You want to, you want to go on a date? And mm-hmm. and I like at the end of page 97 where Bruce sees uh, Doc and, uh, and Betty drive off and, and he's like, I can't compete. You know, I'm just another 98 pound weakling. And you know, Doc is, and this is another one of those you know stories these days that could have been probably six issues, um, but just a lot goes on here. Where now Doc over the next however long a time is like the hero. And at the, like on page 98 here, you've got like all these cool things he's doing and buying a costume and impressing Betty. And at the bottom, you have Bruce looking very un Bruce like for me. He, he almost sees like he's angry, he's bitter. Um, mm-hmm. And not because he's the Hulk, but because Betty's being taken from him. He's just a regular guy now. And, and Bruce does something that's really, it's almost like a moment of insanity. He, He's he's so desperate to get her back that he he becomes the Hulk again. And he he I mean he's just he's, he's like he he's like Doc Samson used that power that was once mine to steal the girl that I love, and so he does the one thing you would never thought he would have done. But it's like love is more important for him <laughs> than
1: yeah than being carried. You know, to me, you that know. seemed out of character for Bruce. Yes, I agree with you. I think it was a, it just seems so out of left field because everything up until this point has pointed to the fact that. Yes, love is more important to him overall, but he also knows the responsibility that like he can't purposely turn himself into Hulk because he's going to kill people. And so, like, right. why does he randomly do it this time? I, I mean, I know it's to serve the purpose of the story, sure. give him his powers back yeah. or whatever, but it didn't seem like the right motivation to just right. to do that. But I did love yeah. this fight between Doc Sampson and the Hulk because they're yeah. not especially Doc Sampson's not really on, he's not a bad guy. He's not a villain or anything like that, but sure. we got to show his strength. And yes. on page 102, which is the second mm-hmm. to last page of this issue, where we get these four vertical panels that really mm, convey yeah. the strength and emotion of these characters. I love these faces. How much um yeah. his concentration and anger is going into yeah. uh, this this battle here. Love it. And it's
0: great that we've got John Severin here to really bring out that emotion. You know, um yeah. That's especially the the third and fourth panels there and on the top there. Just oh yeah, great, great.
1: And here you can really still tell that it's Herb Trimpey, these bottom two panels of the same page where you get yes. some uh Odd foreshortening on Hulk's yes. hand and his arm there. Like, that's a, a Herb Trimpy thing for sure. Um, it is, yeah. <laughs> I think John tries to fix it a little bit, but it still looks a little yes. awkward. Only
0: so much you can do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love the irony of the ending here. It's like on page 103, it's um, he's saying, I must go to him. And 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 and, and General Ross and, and Talbot are saying, You know, he's, no, you know how the Hulk is. You know, th- he might flare up. And she's like, The Hulk? No, I mean, Len. And it's, it's Dr. Samson, she wants to go for yeah. it and walk walking off with him and we'll make it somehow together and oh, it's like oh so sad it's like you know here and, and i love that panel there like um um it's the well the bottom left-hand corner of page 103 just the, the sadness on hulk's face how he's yep. alone again then
1: i love just, those um, four panels in general yeah. how the, the camera right. trucks out like yep. you could tell if it was if this was a tv show the camera would be pulling out to reveal the background and hear the the sad music. Da, da, yep. da, da, da. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Hitching a ride. Yeah, <laughs> there you That's go. That's a great story. I mean, really, just a powerful story, and uh, yeah, a nice one-two punch in the history of the Hulk. These yeah. two,
1: yeah. Great introduction to the character. Uh, looking forward yep. to seeing him. Uh, he'll show up a couple more times through this volume, yep. and and it's always exciting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the next issue is called yep. They Shoot Hulks, Don't They?, which is a play on yep. uh, the, the phrase, they shoot horses, don't they?, which is an old book, I believe. That's what it was.
0: Very uh, interesting story of the times, you know, the whole uh, women's lib movement and male chauvinist pig, and I, I just love, uh, you know, it's interesting how the Valkyrie in this incarnation is, uh, this is the first time we see her, and then we see Avengers.
1: This is the, yeah, no, second time. This is her here. second time, yeah, because the first time right. is in Avengers and she is uh basically yes. just enchantress in a disguise. Yes. But this is That's the first right. time where the Valkyrie character, I guess, is is taking over a, a person, kind of like how Thor takes over Don Blake.
0: And it's interesting to know that once we see Valkyrie in her true incarnation, so to speak, later on, what an important character she ends up being in the Hulk's life through the Defenders. Yeah, I'm glad we've got John Severin here with us still with, with Tr- Herb Trimpy. Yep, kind of an odd issue this one. It's a little bit more comedy. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah,
1: but yeah. I think after the the heavy events of the past couple of issues, it's a nice kind of breath of fresh air. So, like yeah. these rich socialites have uh, come to uh, try and. Raise money for the Hulk because they see him as a charity case. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> they they bring him into their their like high society party, and yes. um, and try to like they do they do a collection and they they eventually hand <laughs> him like a pile of money and it's like this you can take this what is it a hundred thousand dollars. And buy yourself a plot of land where you can be the owner and be by yourself and be left alone or whatever. And he's like, "This is just scraps of paper." <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's
0: really good. I do love on one page one seventeen the uh, the six panel progression there of uh you know the Hulk like trying to get some food and yeah the yep. waiter keeps like walking by him or the waiters keep walking by so he finally just grabs the guy <laughs> and yeah. takes the plate. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. It's definitely a con. It's it's very like early '70s comedy, like kind of cor- very corny. Um, but like you said, it's it's a good change of pace. It brings the Valkyrie back. It's kind of scary to see her uh, dragon Hulk to the top of the Empire State Building. I believe it is. And yep, that's right. Hurling him off, and
1: um, it's a role reversal because you know uh, the the Empire State Building is famously the building that King Kong. Uh, climbs up, and he's clutching the woman in his hands, and now it's the role reversal here for the women's lib movement of her climbing up carrying the Hulk.
0: That's right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's good stuff. Good stuff.
1: <laughs> and I love in these comedy bits as well, uh, when he's at the party, even Herb Trimpe and John Severin lean more on the, the comedy and their artwork, like the, these caricatures yes. of people. They have kind of funnier faces. And uh, yes. there's the, so there's the one scene, like, like I described before, where Hulk is being handed this pile of money. And just the yeah. faces that they've drawn here, while they still kind of look realistic, they're definitely more caricatures and like a little bit more kind of goofy or cartoony than the the issue normally is. Yeah. So they, they do really play it up. And I think it works. Uh, it's a nice breath of fresh air because the next issue we're going to get into uh, kind of takes us <laughs> back to something way more serious as we deal with Dr. Doom.
0: Yeah, exactly. So moving on to 143. Yep. This one's called Sanctuary, and what's interesting with this one is uh, Herb takes a break, and Dick Ayers comes in as the artist. Oh uh, yeah, I time. forgot so, about that. Yeah, I, I too. It's kind of a nod to Sergeant Fury because you have Ayers and uh, Severin together again. Um, right. So it's uh, interesting to see. I, I've never. I'm not a huge fan of Dick Ayers as an artist by himself. I think with with the bright inker, he's great. I think as an anchor, as an inker, he was great on Kirby. Um, so it's nice to see this combination in these comics. Um, but, just my two cents on him.
1: yep, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I think yeah. that uh, he his sense of storytelling is quite a bit different than um, Trimpy. yeah, uh, I, I find that he just doesn't the the flow of the panels doesn't doesn't flow as well as what herb Trimpy was doing in the previous few issues that we've seen here. So it right. actually, this was for me. One of the issues where you know I kept losing interest, or I had to put it down and pick it back up yes. again a couple times, and it, maybe it was because of Dick Ayer's storytelling. I'm not exactly sure.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's kind of like just another Hulk story where it's like you know somebody comes along, offers something to to Banner. You know, in this case, Doctor Doom offering Banner asylum, but he can't be trusted. You know, it's it's like we, we've I feel like we've seen this story before so it's it's not really I mean it's cool to see Dr. Doom. This might be the first time that Dr. Doom and Hulk encounter each other.
1: This is kind of an important issue for Dr. Doom, actually. I know that there's a mm-hmm. Dr. Doom omnibus coming out that collects oh. high points in his in his long career in Marvel Comics, yeah. but it doesn't include this issue, which I think it kind of should because this issue has the appearance an appearance of. His old childhood friend, Valeria, someone who, whom he loved um, in his younger days and is trying to win back the heart of now. And, uh, or is that, that's actually in the next uh, okay. issue. So maybe I should save okay. that for the next issue. <laughs>
0: No, that makes it. That makes sense. But what you're saying, yeah, that's you know, there's a little more of like a rhyme to the reason, so to speak, or whatever. Um, to this,
1: yeah, this issue was really just one long journey of the Hulk, just kind of jumping from place to place. Not, not really. It's all set up for the next issue. There's not a whole lot of significance to what's going on here
0: sure one thing i will say you know i'm glad on 134 to 135 to see a little bit of a um, picking up the the story from 141 as far as um, doc samson and betty they think the hulk is dead and so everybody's reflecting like general ross is saying you know it's hardly we'll never see him again doc samson feels kind of bad i want to use those powers to take away from him the girl he loved but not this way and betty's thinking about him it's yet again betty thinks that he's dead and um so it's and that drives home the whole point too it's like you know betty keeps going through this emotional turmoil thinking he's dead then he's alive and or, or he's or just the destruction that's caused and How much can she put up with until she finally says, "I love this guy, but I just can't live this life. I need something a little more stable." Yeah, which of course we'll find later in this book.
1: So Doc Sampson, of course, uh, returns, but he's cut his hair. Yeah, he's got short (laughs) hair now, and this is because they're going to develop his powers a little further. He says that he has um, his powers have developed like the Sampson from the Bible uh where you know the story of Samson and Delilah <laughs> sure. is that Samson has yeah. this remarkable strength but it's because of his hair and when he cuts his hair short his powers yeah. are uh have are, are weakened and so Samson yeah. here is the same way he has sh- he yeah. cut his hair down to like just shoulder length and yeah. He's still strong, but he's not as strong. So, uh, right. doesn't really show that off really in this issue here. But I <laughs> guess they just wanted to throw that in because they're like, wait a minute, this guy's called Samson. Let's uh, <laughs> let <laughs> let's let's make that analogy yeah. there. So sure. there we sure. go. <laughs>
0: yeah. Want to move on to 144?
1: Yeah, sure. Let's go on to 144. This is the monster and the madman. Yeah.
0: Part two. Part this... two.
1: This is um, an interesting issue. So like I was saying before, this is, we see Valeria. And Valeria yes. is a character from Dr. Doom's past. Mm-hmm. We It says here in one of the, the footnotes, we first hear of Valeria in the issue Marvel Superheroes number 19. Uh, which is a Dr. Doom-centric story. Yeah. And this carries on the, the whole thing. He He's brought her here to Latveria, which he has only re- just recently conquered. He is, mm-hmm. He's only yeah. been the ruler of Valeria for a very short time at this point, And he's trying to yeah. impress this lady saying, look at all that I've accomplished, but she's not buying right. it at all. This really is a... Doctor Doom story, not a Hulk story. Yeah. Like you
0: said, it would have been good to have them on an omnibus.
1: I think so. But, you know, you can't, you only have a limited number of pages. Right. If you're only going to do one omnibus, sure. you've got to do is your issues carefully, as I'm sure you're aware well, That is aware true.
0: Of. That is an excellent point. Yeah. Interesting to see Bruce working for Doc Doom.
1: Yeah. And, like, for no real reason, he, um, Dr. Do- Doom yeah. brought Banner to, uh, to Latveria to help him with some experiments. But we find out that it's actually he, what is it i don't even remember oh yeah he's trying to to to, to create a, a new gamma bomb for latveria to so they okay. they can war off their enemies or something like that but the hulk but benner turns into the hulk and they have this big yes. fight at the end and um, dr doom some does something that i think is very out of character he kind of is a sore loser because at the very end, like Hulk has Dr. Doom in this, like, I don't know what you yes. call it. A little bunny hug or something. Bear like hug. A bear hug. Yeah. Sure. In a bear hug. And he's crushing Doom. Doom is doing his his typical thing. You'll never surrender. I'm I will never surrender to you. And Hulk just says, you know what? I know that I've beaten you. I'm not doing this anymore. And Doom just keeps saying, come back here. We're not done yet. Um, I can still (laughs) beat you. And it's like, no. I think Doom would just walk away and say, this fight may be yours. But overall, I will be the victor. And he'll, like, zoom away on his jet boots or something like that. Um, But instead, he's like, come back here. Don't you turn your back on me. (laughs) Like, I feel like Dr. Doom wouldn't typically... Be that whiny
0: yeah I agree with you it's it's kind of too bad because I like that the scene where the Hulks are like crushing him and he's and Hulk saying give up and dr doom's like I will never surrender like I actually yeah kind of applaud dr doom a little bit for for this almost nobility of character like I will never surrender and but then yeah he gets kind of like petty like come on back like you said it's kind of kind of ridiculous <laughs> yeah
1: yeah up until that point this was a this was fine there's nothing wrong with this issue yeah <laughs> you know it I I love at the end here where, yet again,
0: it's like, okay, Hulk's defeated somebody, the girl shows up, or the the woman shows up, and she goes to the one that the Hulk defeated. So in this case, Doctor Doom, and he's remembering how the other day, Betty went to Doc Samson, and and that face in the fourth panel on 163, (laughs) 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 the saddest Hulk face ever. Oh, so sad. But um, but yet again, you know, Hulk just wants to be far away and all alone, and he's just—it's just you know—it's you know just a little bit of yeah, another
1: another sad ending. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so well, this next issue here, issue number one forty-five, this is an interesting one because uh, it's a Mm -hmm. double size issue, and there was just one month where Marvel decided they wanted all of their issues (laughs) to go to forty-eight pages. Uh, rather yep. than the typical 32 pages, that's story mm-hmm. and ads altogether. So they yep. increased the cover price to 25. And I think the idea was that they were going to do it forever, like that was going to be a permanent change. Yes. Right. But they only did it exactly. for one issue. So we get this one double size issue. And I'm like, wait a minute, why is this double size? It's not like an anniversary issue or the, right. the, the end of a big story or whatever. It's just a random double length issue. But yeah, there you go. I have to
0: kind of chuckle this anecdote from history, just how... You know, it's like uh yeah, Marvel decides to do this, and I think I think you're right that the intent was to continue doing this. I don't know if Marvel just felt that the uh, it was just too expensive to do this, or it just would to, to stay at this at this price point for this amount of pages. If it was gonna be too hard to keep up creatively with with everything, but I love how DC was like, we got to get on on that too, and so yeah, they went and right. bought all this paper stock to do this, and then Marvel pulled the plug back and went to twenty cents. <laughs> DC stuck with all this paper. I'm just I don't know. It's there are a lot of times in history I find in a Apologies to all the DC fans, but a lot of times I find where Marvel does something and DC's like, we got to do it too, like the DC Extended Universe. Right, totally. um, And it doesn't quite work out the same way. Right, exactly. So there's
1: a little (laughs) tiny article in the back of this book about that, and it says here... While the format switching caused a few months of upheaval for Marvel's editors and creators, it also led to them overtaking their longtime rival, DC Comics. DC matched Marvel's switch to the 25-cent format, but held on to it longer, filling out their titles with reprints. Marvel's better price point and new content-only approach helped sales, and finally Marvel, the publisher that almost disappeared after its 1957 distribution collapse, took the position yeah. as the top comics publisher, a position it has yeah. largely held ever since.
0: Yeah, pretty interesting, for sure. Yeah, but yeah. so that was the turning point. Yeah, Kind of a fluke, but hey, it worked. So, it yeah. did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, as, and as far as the story is concerned, it's called Godspawn, and um, yes. it is written by Len Wein. It says, yeah. with a special thanks to Roy Thomas for the basic plot line. So this is kind of where Roy Thomas steps out. I think he might do one more issue after this but after this it's kind of a rotation of like Len Wein, Archie Goodwin and Gary Friedrich kind of taking up the the writing reins but I guess this is Roy Thomas's plot maybe that he had already established before he stepped off. Sure, yeah I think you're right This is something we have seen before. Um, The Hulk Mm. uh, he interrupts a movie set Uh, He doesn't realize that it's a movie set, but it's actually a movie set. And then he gets kind of caught up in, like, they try to cast him in the movie to make him part of the movie. (laughs) But then he turns the banner. It's like, wait a minute, bring back the green guy. (laughs) Right. Uh, I love it. Uh, And then in the midst of all that, we find out that they are, the movie set is shooting on an actual ancient Egyptian site. And these statues underground come to life. And yep. um, we find out that Egyptian gods are actually aliens from another planet, and they're using Earth as a—they're going to use Earth as a as a ground to have these kind of gladiator fights, mm. where yes. it's, it's warring planets are at a dispute, and whoever's going to win the battle is gets to you know get to keep the planet or something like that. So, uh, the Hulk yeah. ends up fighting—not—he's going to fight the Sphinx, but the Sphinx uh, kind of goes back to normal. Um, but he ends up fighting this other huge rock guy that yes. he just smashes to pieces because he's just made of rock, and I find that really quite funny.
0: <laughs> and whose name is Colossus? It's funny we've seen a we've seen a Nightcrawler yep. who's not the X Men Nightcrawler. That's right. We've seen a Cyclops who's not the X Men Cyclops. <laughs> you yep. know, we've seen a Colossus who's not the X Men Cyclops. That's right.
1: That's right. And pretty soon we'll see Wolverine, but it is the Wolverine. <laughs>
0: yes, that's right.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, pretty funny. Um, On page 177, which is page 13 of this issue, we get a a cross-section of this new base that General Ross is building, and it's called Project Greenskin, and it's going to be like the most secure compound where they can hold the Hulk and do some tests and stuff. This is the beginning of a story that's going to play out for the rest of this volume as well, this whole Project Greenskin thing. But it's also interesting to see this this one page which has the cross-section. Usually it's used as a bonus feature at the back of an annual or something, but they've built it right into the story probably because they have... Thirty-two pages they need to fill. <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that's pretty awesome. It's a nice schematics. Um, all the November seventy-one comics were, of course, ten years right after Fantastic Four number one. Yeah. So I could remember if Marvel had planned this this rise to twenty-five centers in these these double-sized books as a mean, as kind of a nod to its ten you know ten years since Fantastic Four. Oh, okay. Um,
1: yeah. It
0: but be. it's just interesting how in this case we see the Hulk's origin, which is kind of neat. Nice to see Rick Jones back in the title, even in. in even in a flashback.
1: I'm sure they did this also because they had 32 pages to fill.
0: Exactly. I think that's another reason, but (laughs) let's let's take a few pages that, but the aliens are trying I guess, probing Banner's mind to see how he became, how he became the Hulk. And, uh, and so, yeah, they explain their whole, yeah, their whole shtick. And then the, yeah. And then the, yeah, the Colossus rises. uh,
1: This whole battle with the Colossus is a lot of fun. And it reminds me of just like the fight with, um, with the Black Knight in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, where they do—he <laughs> yes. just gets, gets yeah. him, his limbs cut off. He's like, I, "I can still do this. I'm still fighting. <laughs> Got a, left. It's only a flesh wound." <laughs> That's a very
0: good point. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I love it. Uh, yeah. They,
0: Hulk literally tears him up. And how at the end of it, it's just like, it's just an arm <laughs> pounding at him. Hulk yep. gets so frustrating. I love it. he just creates this huge crevice in the earth just to throw all the, all all pieces, the pieces in, in. <laughs> yeah. And then it puts it all back together. It's, it's
1: like, kind of a funny piece. ending. I love it.
0: It is. Yeah. I mean, like you'd mentioned one of the, in one of the earlier books, just how like over the top the Hulk action is. I mean, that's one of the beauties of it. And, and Herb Trimpey was so good at portraying that just <laughs> completely unbelievable over the top action. So yeah. funny.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we get the, the last scene of him walking away as the sun yeah. is rising. Do, 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 you know, just yep, like the end exactly. of Bill Bixby. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, very good. So, yeah. You know, I think that's probably where we should leave it today. Sure. Uh, yep, that sounds good. This is kind of halfway through our book here, and we've covered a lot of ground. Yeah. Um, let's pick up the second half of this book in our next episode. Uh, thanks again, Alex, for joining me on this one. My
0: pleasure, and thanks for keeping this awesome podcast going. It's a uh, it's great, great for folks like me, and great for a lot of folks out there.
1: Definitely, so. my yeah. pleasure.